0: Welcome to Talk Flagler. You're looking to local personalities, businesses, and everything west of the beach waves. I'm your host, Joey Santos-Jones, and on this inaugural episode, we thought Talk Flagler needed a big introduction for our guest, a WrestleMania-type introduction. Our guest for today's show, the voice of entertainment, the man with the golden mic of the planet, the trivia maestro of the big shows, the young professor. How was that for an intro?
1: My goodness, it's like uh, you're trying to steal my job from me or something.
0: Well, hopefully they don't hire me um <laughs> looking into this uh of course thanks for being on the show matt aka the young professor are you at the point where more people know you as the young professor more so than matt
1: so it depends on which uh area i'm working in i i think the professor has become the the name of choice but i know especially here locally in flagler a lot of people will still do call me that it's more people that i know that i'm actually friendly with that will call me that but a lot of my players I can tell they're not as comfortable with the gimmick. They like it when I'm on the stage, but they really insist on calling me Matt when we're passing each other in public. So depends on who you ask, I suppose. I think that's the way that I prefer it. I'm a guy that likes to stay busy, that likes to have places where I need to be. And it was really great for me. This, this slowdown that we've had in the last couple months, some ways it's been nice. It's been great to spend some more time with my family, which is something that was really severely lacking for the last few years. But, you know, we're in over two months now and I think I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back to all those things.
0: Do you find yourself using the personality in the mundane now if you were ordering food? It's like, give me a number one, It's <laughs> me a medium.
1: No, not so much in the daily tasks. Um, you know, I'm still finding ways to to dress colorfully in my day-to-day life, even for just going to the store, just to have some kind of thing going on. But really, it's been more about, especially for me, just kind of trying to generate at least some content digitally for for myself. You know, a lot of my clients have kind of, you know, tightened their budgets and purse strings, understandably, as a lot of their businesses have closed. So a lot of that part of what I do is also kind of gone by the wayside for the time being. So it's just a matter of, making sure that I maintain some kind of top of mind awareness and, and create some things that people can engage with and in the hopes that that lasts and that permeates with people. So when we come back in this, things are starting to loosen back up and those restrictions are being walked back that that's a name or that's a person when, when they're thinking about me or my companies that I work for that they're ready to go to because we kept them some degree of entertained while all of this was going on.
0: So, I mean, even from the start of uh, the show, your voice is something that really stands out. Uh, you see all of the unique announcers throughout time. Uh, you think of the Buffer Brothers. I'd even say Mean Gene, uh, Oclin. Back in the days, there's a unique voice to that. Is, do you think that's something that you're just born with? Like when you were younger, did you command the attention of other kids? Like you bellowed out the alphabet or uh, had introductions for them after potty breaks? Or is it something that you've really been no, a uh, work in progress <laughs>
1: <laughs> so not not as a kid um, by any means I, I think I, I just sounded like a little kid in fact, I remember especially in those you know middle school years, friends of mine just busted on my voice and how I sounded and, and constantly making fun of it and so I, I didn't really think much of it at all, but it was uh, it was high school where I don't even think I realized it at the time you know retrospectively I can look back and say, all right that was when I literally and and figuratively Found my voice, but I was uh, I was in a Marine Corps JROTC program in high school. I was one of those kids, and I wasn't really that involved to start with. But I was picked out kind of early and very um, new to the to the program, and and put in positions where they would use my voice for a lot. And then I was being put in for essentially everything, and even in our morning announcements for my my high school in Rahway, New Jersey they had me record the Pledge of Allegiance. And even a few years after I was gone, that opening line, you know, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. That was on every morning for all the kids for for several <laughs> years. And that was, um and I don't really think I, I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I'd never thought of it. And in college, I didn't really do anything with it. So I never thought of it there either. It's not until now, where I'm using it more consistently and I'm realizing why people had kind of picked me out. And I guess it is a unique sound that works for folks. And it, I've found ways to uh, to monetize it and, and use it so that it can benefit either myself and my family or others in their companies.
0: And you also spoke at a graduation, your graduation?
1: So we're going back 10 years now. Uh, I'm getting ready <laughs> to get a graduation tonight. We're, we're <laughs> It's Friday as we're recording this. And so uh, actually we're going to do a little fake, um, commencement. That's the thing that I'm going to film and, and put together for my kids. Cause three of my kids, three of my four would have had some type of graduation or promotion ceremony. Cause my, my son, our oldest, he's going from middle school to high school. Uh, my middle daughter, she is going from elementary school to middle school. And my youngest daughter, she is going from kindergarten to first grade. So I'm going to tap into that. So graduation speeches are are something I've done and I get to do again very, very soon.
0: Big energy, big energy tonight. I I Uh, need something,
1: man. (laughs) It's more for me, I think, than them at this point.
0: So I guess uh, bringing the timeline uh, a little more up from 10 years, uh, 2015, you were displaced as a teacher. Uh, I think a lot of Americans right now can uh, relate to that. And you were looking for something to support your family. that was around the time that you found Central Florida Trivia and started diversifying, like what you were doing in your day to day?
1: Well, it wasn't when I discovered them. Actually, I, I discovered them right after I moved here. Like, actually, I want to say maybe tomorrow is exactly 10 years since I moved to Florida. And while I was in college, I used to play trivia at a few places there. And when I moved down here, uh, one of my, actually one of my best friends growing up lives in Port Orange. And I was, I was living in Daytona at the time and he and I would go out to trivia nights and we were playing with challenge entertainment uh, with, it wasn't called central Florida trivia, our region. Then it was like Daytona trivia, but it was the same company. And we played a lot. We won a lot. You know, we get some bar tabs. It would actually pay for our meals a couple nights a week. And I courted them briefly, but life kind of took me in some other directions and I went away. But in 2015. When my position was eliminated from the university I was working for, and I was forced to look for another job, I took a pretty severe pay cut and it was challenging. And I had had those conversations a few years before, so I reached back out to them and they had changed management, they had changed a few things, and that was when I started my training and actually got on board and started hosting Trivia. And I kind of took to it very naturally, just from being a teacher for several years and from someone who played it for so long it was something that I was able to kind of jump right into.
0: So stage fright has never been quite a thing for you just with the teaching. Have you ever just felt any kind of nerves with doing any kind of presentations like this, hosting any of these events?
1: Sometimes. Um, I'm not going to be so, sound so cocky and confident to say never. But the butterflies are I still there. will say it's there. rare. I don't get rattled very easily. And I think it's because of a lot of the things that I do. There's so much, improv improvisation that's really required and and things go wrong and so you're trying to fill and buy time and so you've, you've got to get comfortable it forces you to but there there have been situations where it's been nerve-wracking I, I gave a speech last year for elevate Daytona and I was really nervous before that last year when um, when I was working with the Jacksonville sharks and it was our championship game even though I'd done it you know essentially about 20 times before with this team in front of crowds of thousands of people. We had about 10,000 people. It was a championship game. I remember being really nervous walking out there to do it. And I mean, I don't think anyone would notice once I go, because once I start, I'm okay.
0: You got the suit on, you got the colors.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, I, I mean, do you ever, for anything that you're representing, do you ever feel nerves for them? Maybe the nerves come off when you're, you know the certain individuals are trying harder that night and you want to give them a big pop.
1: So. I try not to, I don't don't want to project anything and I don't want to make others feel uneasy. So even if I am getting worked up and, and, uh, feeling a way that people might be concerned about, I don't want anyone to know that because most of the time what people are hiring me to do is to go out and be that calm, cool, collected, confident voice that represents their product. Because even though I'm just somebody that they're hiring to, you know, fill a specific role, I essentially become the symbolic figure of whatever organization I'm working gotcha. even though I don't really own it. It's like, Hey, sorry, I just work here kind of thing in real life. <laughs> I'll get they the don't, you know, yeah. The audience doesn't see it that way. They see this guy walk out and he's loud and you know, the, the whole thing of being dressed well and being really put together and looking very professional. That's really important to me because I am representing whoever hired me and I want them to have the best representation because I am now they're putting all of their faith in me to make their product look good. So I, even if they're nervous and they're worked up, I don't want anyone to know about that. My job is to project that this is all put together. This is perfect. There's no problem here. And we're going to have a good time. Uh,
0: around this time, you, you know, you're in Port Orange. You're doing a lot of trivia. You're hosting yourself. The young professor, Moniker, I'm assuming around this time kind of came to be. So you're doing a lot of commuting.
1: <laughs> I was. There were, there were a number of years where I was putting a whole lot of miles on my vehicle because uh, I was living in Palm Coast and I was working in Jacksonville. I took that job, I started hosting trivia, but I was working in Port Orange at the time, so it was easy. And then actually I got an opportunity to go back to working for college, but this time I got a call from uh, the Jacksonville location that they had. So I was commuting from Palm Coast to Jacksonville every day, Monday through Friday, and I had a trivia show in Port Orange on Tuesday or Thursday nights, I can't remember. But I was so there were a couple nights where I was going from Jacksonville all the way to Port Orange and then back, and it, it was uh, it was taxing to say the
0: least. So at some point you saw the opportunity in Flagler, uh, almost a, a convenient to you to have trivia in Flagler and be able to kind of set base there.
1: I mean I knew it because I remember just living here, and I remember something that people would say was there's nothing to do here, you know there's nothing to do there's nothing to do and. If you go to St. Augustine or if you go down to Daytona Beach, there's a lot more opportunities in terms of entertainment, especially at the time, uh, around like 2016, 2017, there was so much more going on in these cities that were 30 minutes away that people were willing to travel to, but not a whole lot going on here. And I, after about a year of doing Jacksonville to Port Orange, I told my, my boss at the time with trivia, I said to her, I said, look, I can't do this anymore. This is kicking my butt um you know not, not consistently i said i don't i don't want to leave the company but we've got to get something closer to me and uh i live in uh, palm coast we need to get stuff here cuz there's plenty of places that would be good and i didn't have any power to make that happen at the time i was just a host i wasn't in any kind of managing capacity so i made some suggestions and actually had a conversation with uh with qnote which was the first place that we were at and Got the ball rolling, and my boss closed that show. And I think it was 2017.
0: Figure it was jiggly. January I mean, it was the 2017
1: alcohol. that we that we started. And the challenge entertainment finally showed up here in Flagler County.
0: And and from there, I mean, I, I can recall when you first came into town. I remember doing it at Q Note, um, and then from there, you kind of expanded. Uh, Brown Dog, um, I think Moonrise and Brass Tap followed soon after that.
1: Yeah, they weren't even open yet. Yeah. Uh, it, the first the first was Note, and then Brown Dog, which uh, we would actually be celebrating our three-year anniversary of being at Brown Dog here in about two weeks or so, so that we started there almost exactly three years ago. And then we tried a few other places. I mean, it, it doesn't ultimately work everywhere, and there's a number of reasons for that. But that's when we kind of started getting our foothold. And uh, Brass Tap was another huge acquisition for us and then Moonrise. And, and we've had a great relationship with, with all of those guys.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb. Would you say that Brown Dog has the best hamburger cheeseburgers that you've ever had?
1: <laughs> well, if all of my other clients are listening, I'm going to say uh, they're tied with all of them. It,
0: but I will as, uh... say that there's
1: a, reason <laughs> there's a reason that Brown Dog is touted for its burgers and beers it, it's a very it's a very cool atmosphere there's some great food there and it's one of those uh, hidden gems i think here in the community
0: absolutely and from there i mean you spun off uh, a few younger professors almost the entourage of other uh, quizmasters, and uh you see the, a lot of them now taking over a lot of the events and they all each have their own kind of nicknames is that something you mentioned to them that they need to kind of create their own brand when it comes to this I did. Um, and
1: that was something that was a work in progress for me. You know, when I started, especially when I was going just to Port Orange, I was just Matt, you know, I was Matt. I was just a trivia host and, and I did my thing and I didn't really have an identity with it. And I don't. most people don't. I know just company wide. That is not something that is seen. It is something that is very, very unique, I think, as a whole to pretty much most of our crew in Central Florida. But I, I, I was just mad. I was a trivia guy. I was having some success with it. But when we got to Palm Coast, that's when I was like, all right, I need some kind of brand that I can build around this for me. Like, I don't want to take away from Challenge Entertainment because that's what we're selling here. But I need something that's kind of catchy. And I think it's kind of lame to give yourself a nickname. But I was a college professor. I was 25 when I started. So I just came up with the whole young professor thing. A professor seems appropriate for trivia because you're asking people questions. I started wearing uh, lots of different Mario or the Riddler T-shirts and shoes and accessories and stuff. That kind of became my gimmick early on. And the gimmick seemed to really work. People were able to follow me. I was able to have a little bit more control. And then as I started doing more things in entertainment, I was able to pull more people along the way, and it was catchy. And so as we've hired more people in trivia, it's not something that's e- that's uh, required, but I've recommended them. Like, look, you're going to develop a following. You're going to have people that want to follow you. F- chances are you probably don't want them to go on your personal Facebook pages or your personal social media accounts. So here's an easy way to do it. Create some kind of persona and ha- do it there. Because another thing that our company wants us to do is take a lot of pictures for social media, which yeah. they used to have. us was like, oh, I'll take a picture and then email it and then do this. And I was like, this is so inefficient. And most people were not willing to do it. And I just started telling them, it was like, look, if you create a page, a fan page with your stuff and you just post it, I can share it. And that's easy because it doesn't give people your personal information. And really, that was the impetus of most of it. It was very, very practical in its origins. But it's turned into something fun. And, and not all of my hosts do it. But a lot of them have kind of adopted their own gimmicks and they like it and people refer to them as that and, and they're having as much fun with it as I am. And I know it's been noticed by our company kind of nationwide. And it's something that I think is very, very unique that we do here in Central Florida.
0: I think if anything, it kind of creates a sense of community. You start to see a lot of the same faces. You see them traveling to different establishments. And as far as a lot of the businesses go, you know they're booming on these nights of trivia night. They know they can expect a certain crowd a very vocal crowd and one that's going to partake in almost everything on the menu.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of work that has to really be done on both sides because as I mentioned, you know, it, it's something that works. Some places we're about to be three years at Brown dog, which is great. Uh, But some places have come and gone by the wayside and and some of that, you know, uh, we share some of that responsibility, but it's not just, you know, the trivia doesn't make or break, the experience you know the restaurant also has to not only promote it and really make sure that they advertise it well we will provide the entertainment when we're there and we will promote it on our end but they've also got to be able to deliver on the experience when people get there and that's something that's challenging especially when you've got like let's say 50 60 70 people all coming in at once usually last minute they're slamming the kitchen all at the same time with 70 80 tickets for food then people are waiting they you know people do have some expectations with service And I've seen some places not really meet that standard. And then our participants will stop coming and will choose to go other places that get it. So there are a lot of advantages, but you know, if a restaurant is thinking about doing this, they need to make sure their staff is trained and ready. You know, us as entertainers, we're able to provide some distraction to folks too. It's not like, you know, if somebody waits an hour for their food on a regular night, they might be upset about it. But on a trivia night, they have a little bit more patience and tolerance because they're being entertained along the way, but there's still a limit. Like people still have, you know, their drinks need to be filled and the places that I've seen that are the most successful that have had the longest running shows have been able to understand that they've picked up that efficiency. They work within it. While we provide a good entertainment option that really keeps everybody happy.
0: So going with the, uh, the social media and the branding, uh, I am someone who's followed you for a while and me and my friends did the trivia circuit with you for a while. And uh, a few of them actually ended up becoming some of those younger professors. Um, but I, how many people know that you, you, you branched out outside of that? Like you mentioned the Sharks. Uh, you've also done uh, announcing for MMA. You've done it for a lot of wrestling events. Uh, that was all Florida. You've also won Atlanta's top manager uh, and you became an, an announcer for viral pro wrestling. Um, Do a lot of people talk about all of those other endeavors you do and the growth that you're, you're seeing right now is, was that your expectation?
1: So, yes. uh, And and it's very helpful because I've been able to develop some type of synergy between all of those things. And and there's definitely crossover appeal to all of it. Uh, So it's, it's very beneficial for me to have my hands in all of those different things because it ups my value from a perception standpoint to not only, people looking to hire me, but also to the audience. They're like, wow, this guy is everywhere. He must be good. Hopefully, I deliver on actually being good. Um, But it's it's really helped me a lot in a lot of different ways. And it's cool because, you know, the people I get the most interaction with are definitely my trivia players. And I I work in some pretty niche areas when it comes to sports or or professional wrestling. I know you're a fan. I'm clearly a, a fan of it. But I know not everyone is. There's a there's a pretty significant stigma around it, which I hope to try and eliminate amongst people. But what I find is a lot of folks who are out at my shows, even if they don't know anything about wrestling, they will ask me questions about it and they will talk to me about it and they're definitely curious about it. So and I've had some people actually come to some of my events in these other areas based on just those interactions that I've had in trivia, or at least interact with it socially. So people do follow the other things that I'm doing. And, and that's that other benefit of having the brand and the brand, you know, it's not just central Florida trivia or challenge entertainment. It's the young professor with that, but then they're also seeing the young professor out at all of these other things. And it gives them opportunities to interact with those other products and, and uh, promotions as well.
0: So as you mentioned, we both like wrestling. We both were going to go to WrestleMania before uh, COVID-19 kind of hit. And a lot of these live events got canceled. Um, where do you see the roadmap for yourself of getting back into announcing or a lot of these organizations talking about that, you know, they hope to come back soon. Are you seeing new ones sprout up? What's the optimism for the future of live events?
1: That's a really tough question, Joey, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I really don't know. There's so much uncertainty and really that's that's the most i can i can give you at this point i can say i'm grateful for the fact that we live in florida and florida has less restrictions and we seem a bit more progressive i know some people might be judgmental about that because they're nervous and they're scared but you know for those of us that really make our living in the events industry This has been very challenging, and so we are looking for those opportunities. I know some shows are starting back up. Uh, For I I know tomorrow night I am going to be working my first show since March, and even that show I did an empty arena show in MMA. It was it was the last MMA show before UFC started working again in the entire world, and it was it was you know the fire marshal was there, and state board was there, and the boxing commission was there, and we were getting temperature checks at the door. It was scary, and You know, that was my last paid gig for for a long time. And um, right now, I I know some of the places in Georgia, all events are canceled until further notice. Uh, Some places, some promotions I work with have announced dates for July or August. And even those, even though I work with them regularly, I'm still contractually obligated to work with the Sharks or the Tortugas. And I don't know if they're going to have seasons and they don't know either so I can't even make some of my commitments at this point to other places where I could have an opportunity and we don't know if there's going to be another change. So when it comes to live events, things are are very touch and go right now. We seem to be making some strides. I know we've had conversations with um, the corporate element of, uh, of challenge entertainment. There are a few shows in the country that are already going on. We are getting very close to running events live again here in central Florida, but we don't know when that's going to be exactly a lot of it is kind of waiting on uh what the governor says i've heard some people talk about when they're when restaurants can have 75% capacity again they're then looking to maybe start doing some of these events but absolutely i, I just don't know man it's it's a, it's a uncertain and, and frightening time as it pertains to those of us trying to make some money in that particular industry
0: yeah and and, and i mean you can sense that too and it, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about the sense of community with a lot of these events and things you're doing. And I think a lot of that's lacking. And I think uh right now a lot of people they're just kind of spinning because they miss that normality that comes with it. Hearing your voice, getting uh getting a beer, answering questions right on trivia, or getting all the questions wrong on trivia night. <laughs> I, I think but just a being there
1: for the camaraderie and and the experience, you know. <laughs>
0: thank yeah. God we're able
1: to provide that. If it was about wins and losses, we'd have a lot of unhappy folks.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, you you had great food, you had a, you had a few drinks, and you got to see friends that you probably don't get to see all the time. So it was still a great experience. You still brought that. I know with um you talked about the Tortugas uh and they had a movie night. I think the other day, um, and everybody was you know very well spaced out. Um, Do you think it's the possibility we see something like that? A lot of these stadiums that aren't filled up, maybe it's done on a digital level where people can attend, answer questions, but everybody is kind of at a safe distance to utilize that space.
1: So the the protocols that we have discussed so far are very much um, following all social distancing protocols. So if you're familiar with how we typically run our shows, there's a lot of like actually like hand to hand interactions and face to face interactions. You know, people literally physically hand you their answer slips at the end of each question and they they run it up to you and they, you know, they will take pencils and then they will put them back and we will reuse them and all of that kind of stuff. We're looking to be moving away from that uh, at least for the time being. I know that there is, I haven't had a chance to work with it yet. I haven't been given the information, how it works, but, there's going to be uh, a way for people to submit their answers digitally, which I think is more confusing than anything else here in central Florida, because (laughs) if I'm being honest, most of our uh, you're one of the exceptions as to the demographic of who plays our games. We've got a lot of older folks that play and as someone who manages our social media and we do, you know how we do the hints every day, we do the two hints for the clues for that night. I'm telling you every week, at least once, I get someone and, and looking at their profile picture, they usually look a little bit older uh, and they they go, where are the hints? Where are the hints? I'm like, they are they are in the same place every single day and people just don't, they don't know how to work it. Like technology yeah. is definitely a hindrance and a challenge. So I see that as being something that is a hurdle we will need to overcome. Uh, I think we'll, we can have some success with that, but. I feel like our market might experience a few more challenges than other markets in the country, but we also have other things where people can kind of come up and stand six feet away and just show us their answers and we can just physically look up and then write it down, which I think will work better, but we've got to be able to organize it. The games might take a little bit longer, but what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing from people is, despite the fact that those are normally inconveniences that people would not be down with, people are so eager to get back to some semblance of normalcy and have some fun and interact that I think people are willing to deal with a lot more of those hindrances that are for their safety so I think once we get back to it it might be a little bit of a growth um experience but I think people are going to want to do it and and we'll have some fun with it
0: with with the assumption that we will have sunny days uh in the future and you look at what The progression of your career could be what would be the mountaintop for you would it be still being able to do a diverse amount of events and different sports would it be more oriented towards one thing where do you think you would get to where you would have that kind of settled feeling like this is it
1: well i think exclusivity sounds nice um but really, I mean, some of it does come down to dollars and cents. I don't do the things that I do for the money, but I got four kids. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to do what makes <laughs> them sense for my family. I, it's, I'm not just doing this to say I did it and to, hey, look how cool this is, everybody. I mean, yes, that's part of promoting it. But I think right now from what I'm seeing is the diversification, the non-specialization serves me extremely well. I think it is the reason I've been able to get opportunities to do so many things is because people in these other arenas essentially are able to look at me and go wow this guy he's done this 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 and this and those are all so different we could definitely make him work over here so for me it's just finding bigger and better opportunities if exclusivity existed in a way that it made sense for my family and I I would love it I mean wrestling of all the sports I do I'm not going to, you know, I don't care who's listening. That's my favorite. That's been my favorite thing that I follow. But I really enjoy the work I've gotten to do in in boxing, in mixed martial arts, in professional football. I was days away from doing stuff with minor league baseball, and I'm a big baseball fan. I like wrestling the most, but I don't think the most money is in wrestling. And I, I don't know if that's ultimately where I'll go. I would love to. But I also know I'm one of those people who hates the question that comes in job interviews when people say, where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know if you're a fan of that question, but <laughs> I hate it because there is no time in my life that I can think back to as an adult where I can think back, okay, five years ago, what I have predicted that I, that I would be here or anywhere close to here. The answer is absolutely not. The road is full of turns and and twists and opportunities. And I'm a big person that likes to believe in seizing opportunities. And those opportunities ultimately skew your path off of where you were the first time. So I, I don't know where that will go, but I know I've seen some great growth. I know I've had some tremendous opportunities and I've had more opening up. My hope is that that just continues and that this setback here in life right now Doesn't stop that forward momentum. I think once we get going again, I'm looking forward to seeing those new opportunities and taking advantage of them.
0: I mean, you're not just the young professor; you're the dollar professor, and uh, (laughs) got to make those dollars too.
1: (laughs) I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, I have a family to provide for, and that's that's really what I'm most concerned with at the end of the day.
0: I I think a lot with the announcing that you do too. It's it's also you contributing to the storytelling of a lot of these things, even if it's just. You know, telling a nickname of a fighter, it kind of creates this this aura around this guy and, and and or woman, and you know what they represent. And I know you do that for a lot of companies as far as social media goes. Um, you know, you you use your real voice in a lot of ways, but you also create a virtual voice for a lot of businesses, and you help them find theirs. Um, do you you get that same fulfilling feeling you do using your real voice versus creating one for others?
1: Well. I mean, my own voice is good for me in things like for what you and I are doing here is that that's a way that I can kind of highlight me. But I, I think the the joy of what I really get to do is, you know, to use some wrestling terminology, but I think it applies everywhere is I get to put other people over. And that's really my job at the end of the day. It's not about it's not really about the the young professor. I, I want to be good enough that people do notice me to the point where they do hire me for all of these things. But if it's all professor all the time, I'm missing Mark. That's not what I'm there for. My job is to make everything and everyone around me sound bigger and better and like everyone wants to be there. Whether it's you know a, a fighter coming out and using their nickname, I need to make them sound good and huge and, and powerful. And even if they're not, even if no one knows who they are, my introduction of them is essentially the first impression that someone is having of them. And if I do a good job, giving them a good first impression, then that person becomes more important to those people in the audience. And it's the same for businesses because businesses are people interact with businesses in different ways, but they are having a first impression. And if their first impression is good because of something that I did, then I did my job by putting that company over in the eyes of their customers who are going to who vote for that business by spending their hard earned money.
0: Matt, the young professor, the dollar professor, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Obviously when things get back to normal and more events are going on, we'd love to have you back on, just see what's going on out there and uh, continue to learn about your career growth. Um, Is there anything I would love that? that, Yeah. uh, Is there anything coming up or anything that you, you wanted to plug uh, for yourself or anything, any parting words you wanted to give to Flagler County?
1: Right now, all I'll say is uh, continue to follow Central Florida Trivia on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me as well, the Young Professor. Uh, that's my handle on Facebook. It's a Young Professor G on Twitter, and MG the Young Professor on Instagram. Follow me because I don't have announcements right now, but with all the rumblings I'm hearing under the surface, they are coming soon. And if you're somebody here in Flagler County like me, who is ready to get out there and ready to get back to having a little bit of fun and interacting with others. Those opportunities are coming soon, and I'm looking forward to being there for you.
0: And for all of us, you can catch us everywhere that can possibly have askflagler That's askflagler.com, launching June 29th. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Just hit that forward slash askflagler. And if you want to be on the show, feel free to email us at askflagler at gmail.com. It doesn't matter how small you are, how big you are. We'd love to have you on the show and let you tell your story. For the young professor and Joey Santos-Jones,